0: Welcome to PathMeg Psychiatry for Primary Care Providers, a podcast for providers. This is your host, Nana Adebi. I am a psychiatric nurse practitioner in the peninsular region of Sutter Health. Our producers are Colleen Tabata and Ryan Bautista. We hope you enjoy today's presentation. Hello, listeners. Thank you for tuning in. Our topic of discussion today is Major Depressive Disorder with Seasonal Pattern. This is popularly known as seasonal affective disorder or SAD, S-A-D. This topic is timely as we enter the fall season and the weather starts to get cold, the day's short, and, the, and you know, with less sunlight overall. As a psych provider myself, I have already seen patients presenting with signs and symptoms of SAD right after we had the first few cold and gloomy days this month. There have been many statements along the lines of, you know, I moved to California just for the sunlight and weather. So you can imagine the disappointment when people with SAD start to experience the changes in mood, despite living in a more moderate climate state compared to others. Seasonal affective disorder is a combination of both biologic and mood disturbances that comes with a seasonal pattern. The mood disturbances typically come about in the fall and the winter months, and usually improves by the spring or summer months. For most people affected by SAD, it tends to begin and end about the same times every year. About 5% of adults in the U.S. experience SAD, and it typically lasts about 40% of the year. This is almost five months. Because of how long SAD can last, it is considered a serious disorder and it needs to be addressed. Symptoms can have a significant impact on patients' lives, including at home with their families or at their place of employment. There may be social withdrawal, school or work problems, substance abuse, and in some serious cases, suicidal thoughts or behaviors. SAD is more common among women than men. It usually starts during adulthood At 18 years and older, with rates declining in older adults, the most difficult months for people with SAD in the U.S. tend to be January and February. While it is much less common, some people experience SAD in the summer months. We do not have a definitive cause of SAD. However, it is thought that the combination of changes in the circadian rhythms, retinal sensitivity to light, And changes to serotonin levels brought on by the change in season may all contribute to the development of SAD. Some other risk factors include low levels of vitamin D, having major depression or bipolar disorder, family history, and living far from the equator. Now let's dive into the typical presentation of SAD. I know we've touched a little bit about what to expect, some of the symptoms, However, you know, the patient will present with depression symptoms. They may report feeling sad, low mood. They may report anhedonia, which means a lack of joy in doing the things that used to bring them, you know, excitement or happiness or joy. Uh, they may have poor focus. They may say, oh, my goodness, I can't, I can't focus at work. I can't focus at school. I'm having a hard time getting good grades or meeting project deadlines. There may be some weight gain um, because there is poor diet with urges to eat foods high in sugar and carbohydrates. Change in sleep is very common. Typically, people sleep a lot more than usual. They may say, I'm having difficulty getting out of bed in the mornings. I'm sleeping up to 10 hours or a lot more than they usually do. And even with this increased amount of sleep, they may still feel tired and fatigued during the day. There may be feelings of worthlessness, feelings of guilt, and again, in some serious cases, there may be thoughts of suicide. The DSM-5 diagnostic criteria for SAD include meeting the criteria for MDD or bipolar disorder. The mood disturbance must be assigned a seasonal pattern if there is a recurrence of the disturbance at a particular time of the year. There should be a change in mood, whether it is an improvement or a change to mania or hypomania, and it must happen at a particular time of the year. There must be two MDD episodes that have occurred in the past few years, and seasonal-related depressive episodes must outnumber the non-seasonal depressive episodes that may have occurred over the patient's lifetime. Psychosocial stressors associated with a particular season That leads to MDD episodes do not qualify for the SAD specifier. So, for example, if someone comes in and they say, you know, the holidays are really hard for me or I feel really sad during, you know, the fall and winter months because one, um, you know, they lost a loved one. And this is like the first anniversary that they're not celebrating the holidays with them Or they have a very complex and delicate family dynamic, so the holidays are just generally stressful for them, which can impact their mood. Um, Or work is a little bit stressful because they're wrapping up end of year and there's a lot of workload that needs to be done. If there are psychosocial stressors associated with a particular season, you need to assess that, tease that out, um, as these do not qualify for the SAD specifier. So how is SAD treated? Treatment may differ, however, they may include any or a combination of light therapy, exposure to sunlight, psychotherapy, antidepressants, usually SSRIs, regular exercise, healthy and well-balanced meals, and abstaining from substance use. Now, I want to talk a little bit about light therapy. Light therapy involves sitting in front of a light therapy box that emits a very bright light. Usually this is 10,000 lux. Lux is a measure of light intensity. Um, That's about 100 times brighter than our usual indoor lighting. And on a bright sunny day, uh, we have about 50,000 lux or more. So the patient will need to sit in front of this light. Um, It emits any harmful ultraviolet rays. And they need to sit in front of this light for about 20 to 30 minutes per day, first thing in the morning. Most people will start to see improvement from light therapy within one or two weeks of starting treatment. And, you know, they need to have their eyes open. Even though it's such a bright light, they do need to have their eyes open. But they should not look at the light. Many people use this time to either journal, read a book, catch up on the news, Um, have their cup of coffee. Light therapy is, you know, believed to be as effective as antidepressant when it comes to the treatment of seasonal affective disorder, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it will work or is appropriate for everyone. Some people may need more light or a brighter light, and others may not be able to tolerate the bright light. Um, People with bipolar disorder, um, for example, it it can trigger hypomanic or a manic episode, so you need to always assess the risks versus benefits and who this kind of therapy would be appropriate for. For therapy, we recommend cognitive behavioral therapy or interpersonal therapy as this can help the patient change any distorted views or any automatic negative thoughts that will start to um, creep in during the fall or winter months. And it's a great way for them to also improve their interpersonal relationship skills as well. So I hope this topic is helpful and timely as we enter the last quarter of the year. And if you have a patient that has been typically been doing quite well and all of a sudden they come in during the fall and winter months with with the worsening of, you know, depression symptoms, they're not, you know, their sleep is disturbed. They're sleeping a lot more than usual. They're gaining weight because they're craving sugars, carbohydrates. They're feeling um, guilty and worthless because they cannot focus at work or school assess assess and see if you know this is a seasonal pattern and get the history and if they do meet criteria for sad you know exactly what to do uh, with them and you know the easiest interventions even without the light box therapy is making sure that they're outside every day getting a little bit of sun exercising Getting enough sleep, eating a well-balanced diet, abstaining from substance use, and taking vitamins, making sure that they have enough vitamin D. So thank you for tuning in today, and I look forward to catching you on our next episode. Thank you so much to our guests this week, and I hope you will join us again soon for another episode of PathMed Psychiatry for Primary Care Providers a podcast for providers. If there are any topics you would like us to consider, please email me your host, Nana Adebi. Thank you.